Grace and peace are yours in your knowledge of God and your Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. For 25 years, God's people had been away from home. And this was far from voluntary. 25 years ago, the Babylonian armies swept through Judah and destroyed Jerusalem. The last time they saw the holy city, it was a wasteland of rubble and flames. 25 years ago. It's been a long 25 years because they're strangers in a strange land, but it's not just that. They're in Babylon because they blew it. They turned away from the Lord to a bunch of false gods that had no life or a way to defend them. They thought they were invincible. After all, they had the temple, and as long as God was in his temple, there was no way the city could fall. When the walls fell, they saw the temple was vacant. Since Judah had wanted nothing to do with God, the Lord consented to their eviction notice and departed. And Jerusalem fell. Now, of course, among those captives are some faithful people of God. They trusted him. They even worshipped him even throughout the fall of Jerusalem. They confessed their sins. They trusted in their promised Savior yet to come, but their faith had not shielded them from trouble in this world. Despite their trust, they are still captives in Babylon, far from home. Is it hopeless? Is this the end? Will Israel be no more? Will their children grow up culturally Babylonian? Has God departed forever? It is to these suffering believers that the prophet Ezekiel comes and speaks comforting words, the words captured in our first reading for today. In a vision, the Lord takes Ezekiel back to the hill of Jerusalem, and in the vision, the city is no longer in ruins. There are buildings, there is a temple, there is a gate, there is a wall, and as Ezekiel looks to the east, the Lord returns to his temple. Though many might forsake him, he does not forsake his people. As his glory fills the temple once more, he declares to Ezekiel, Son of man, this is the place of my throne and the place of the soles of my feet where I will dwell in the midst of the children of Israel forever. God promises that he has not abandoned them. The captivity in Babylon will come to an end. Many will even get to go back to Jerusalem and start rebuilding. Long after that captivity ends, there is another wasteland in Jerusalem. 
Well, the walls and the buildings are still standing this time. The temple looks stunning once again, but it's still a wasteland. A wasteland of faith. Once again, nearly all the people there have turned away from the one true God. Now, they would probably say otherwise because they believe that they are pleasing God because of the right things that they do. They are good in his sight because they're doing good things. It's a common false god. This idea that people earn God's favor by doing good, but it always, always leads people to trust in themselves more than God. And from that point, it's only a matter of time before they hold God in contempt. And here we see many are so turned from him that they are killing his own son. And this is not just God's son on the cross. It's Mary's son as well. Her privilege of being the mother of Jesus has brought her both joy and sorrow. The joys of seeing Jesus grow have been many. There have certainly been a few worries along the way, too. Of course, Mary had been duly warned back when she and Joseph took Jesus to the temple on his 40th day. Simeon had promised Mary, a sword will pierce your own soul, too. The sword was never more piercing than now. For the mother of Jesus stands below his cross, accompanied by the disciple John. Three hours will never be longer than when a mother watches her son dying in agony. One might raise the objection, is this fair? Where was God when all of this was happening? Why must Mary's soul be pierced? As Mary stands at the foot of the cross, Jesus speaks a second time. The first time was to pray for his enemies. This time he speaks for the good of his mother. Even on the cross, the Son obeys the fourth commandment. Woman, he says, behold your son. Son, he says to John, behold your mother. And from that day, John takes Mary into his own home to care for her. And this is a beautiful provision here. John isn't just Mary's surrogate son, the Lord makes John a minister to Mary. Because Jesus wants to make sure that his mother hears true hope. What's true for the captives in Babylon is also true for the mother of Jesus as she stands below the cross, past all the suffering and the sorrow and the woe, the truth remains God is 
faithful and not abandoning his people. How faithful is God? And to the question, where was God that day, we not need look far. He's just above Mary. Dying on the cross to save her from her sin. Although she suffers dearly on that Good Friday, it is true that the Lord is present with Mary in her suffering, and in fact, He is suffering for her so that, though she mourns, she will be comforted. This scene at the foot of the cross brings to life what we know to be true. Christians face suffering in this world. It may not seem fair, and it's a stumbling block to many. If we are children of God and heirs of eternal life, why does such suffering come along? Scripture speaks to this. Remember how the world treated Christ, your King. Do not be surprised when the world treats the church and his children the same way. The devil and the world and our own sinful flesh each paint their own targets on us, intending to make us as miserable as they are allowed. They know that you are redeemed. They want to make you believe that God does not care, that God has abandoned you in your time of need. Therefore, there is suffering for the Christian. We must live lives under the cross. But under the cross isn't such a bad place to be. Because that's where you hear the crucified Savior speak. Last week we heard, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Here today we are remembering, woman, behold your son, and son, behold your mother. As Jesus directed Mary and John's attention to each other that day, He directs your attention to those who are near you. Jesus gives us to one another in times of suffering. While we're busy asking the big questions like, where is God? He's giving people to us who are willing to, to bear our burdens, walk with us in our grief, pray for us and with us, and provide for us in tangible ways. Let us not overlook the ministry of compassion Jesus creates at the foot of his cross. He would have us be 
family to one another. Just as he created a family with Mary and John. Any time can be a long time, especially when you don't want to be where you are. 25 years in Babylon is just one example. This will often be the case when you find yourself in a time of suffering. But take heart. Behold the Son, the Lord, suffering for the sins of the world, came to an end. And your suffering will likewise come to an end. Furthermore, look around and behold the mothers, the sons, the fathers, the daughters around you who love Jesus as you do. You need not search high and low for people to serve. They are the people sharing the gifts of Jesus' cross with you. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, your love is so complete that at the foot of your cross you created a new family to care for one another. You continue to do that very thing, surrounding your gifts with your people and asking that we care for one another. Grant us your strength and your love that we would carry this out in the present day as a way of glorifying you. In Jesus' powerful name we pray. Amen.